Hi, I'm Carmen LaBerge. Thanks for listening to the podcast of Mornings with Carmen LaBerge. Your daily encouragement that God has the world in the hollow of his hand. This is Mornings with Carmen LaBerge on Faith Radio. So um, what might happen in the next 40 days if we literally took God at his word? If we just literally took him at his word for the next 40 days, what might happen? Uh, For those of you who are considering giving up something during Lent, let me encourage you to give up disbelief and doubt. And while you're at it, take God at his word. What, What do you have to lose? I mean, what do you have to lose by taking God at his word, by giving up disbelief and doubt for the next 40 days? And what might you gain by joining me in a 40-day journey of faith? Um, what, what might it look like for us to take the next 40 days to develop some new holy habits? Um, and what might we discover about God along the way? So here's what I propose. Starting today, Ash Wednesday, uh, and leading all the way up, is 40 days between now and Easter. So uh, between now and Easter, for, for the next 40 days, let's, let's be intentional about engaging the Word of God every single day in some way. So for the first half of Lent, I am going to um, just lift up Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 to 20, over and over and over again. And I'm going to invite you into a spiritual practice of actually doing, taking God at His Word, and actually doing what the Apostle Paul suggests we do here. So here's the text. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of His might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. Now, each piece of armor is then described, and the Christian is challenged again and again and again in this text to put it on and stand in it. So let's do that. Let's intentionally put on the full armor of God today. Right now, visualize yourself buckling the belt of truth around your waist, donning the breastplate of righteousness over your heart. Consciously and intentionally put on the gospel of peace for your shoes. Take up the shield of faith, even as you put on the helmet of salvation to guard your mind. And before you go out into the world, take up the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. I mean, like, actually do it right now. See yourself armored up before you enter the battlefield that is just beyond the threshold of this moment. So that's my invitation to you during um, this Lenten season. It is what I will be doing. We're going to spend the first half of Lent in Ephesians 6, 10 to 20, and then we are going to pivot and join the rest of the Faith Radio family in, uh, in a Lenten study and experience of the Gospel of John. Uh, so that's what's up here. We hope that's what's up with you. You can visit us at MyFaithRadio.com for more information. All right, next up, I've got Bill English. Here's the provocative question that we're going to be asking. Um, we talked uh, last week in in relationship to the bankruptcy uh, filing of the Boy Scouts of America. We talked about, you know, just bankruptcy in, in general, but we also talked about just when our businesses fail or, you know, frankly, when our churches fail. Like what kind of experience do we have emotionally when something that we're engaged in, an enterprise, fails? This applies to churches and nonprofits and individuals as we face significant um, stress, particularly financial stress. So Bill and I are going to talk about that 
And Bill has got a great piece posted at BibleandBusiness.com called The Emotional Price Owners Pay When Their Business is Failing. So next up, Bill English from BibleandBusiness.com. We'll be right back. Sometimes it's just fun to talk to people about little victories and little uh, things that might otherwise go unseen and unnoticed. Uh, And so, Bill English, I want to celebrate with you um, a great accomplishment from over the weekend for you. I have no idea what you are talking about. Oh, you built a new slider on your website. And that is no small thing. Like, right? I wouldn't know how to do that. So congratulations. Hats off. Hats off, man. That's awesome. Yeah, I like that slider. I, I kept trying to figure out a way to, to surface some of the older uh, articles and podcasts that I thought had high value, but I but that particular theme I'm using uh, just didn't give me a way to do that, so I had to install a slider. It was pretty cool. Look at that. Look at that. Look at you. All yeah. right, so there you go. That's my little hats off this morning. Okay, um, we're going <laughs> we're to talk, talk about the emotional price that I think, I mean, owners is who you're going to focus on um, specifically, but there's just a broad emotional price that we pay when we are engaged in an enterprise as it is failing. Yes. Um, just talk about talk about that emotional. Um, it's not even a roller coaster. Talk about just it's like all down. It's like all that negative, your stomach dropping out of the out of your body feeling. Um, <laughs> just talk about that. You know what I'm talking about? Like, right I when do, the, the roller coaster crests and all you go is down and you just like, this is never going to end. So yeah. talk with us about that. And, and it's never going to end. And I can't get out. That's no, the that thing. No, that would be very dangerous. <laughs> that's, that, that's the thing. If you're a business owner, you can't quit. The mm-hmm. most you can do is liquidate. If you're an employee, you can always quit a dying organization. But if you're the owner or the leader of that organization, you can't quit. Not without no, the organization going belly up. You are the captain who has to go down with the ship. Yes, and you get you to just, drown with it. Yeah, you do. So, you know, you wake up at night. Uh, your mind is probably racing about the impending dangers. Uh, you have constant anxiety. Uh, sometimes you have panic attacks. Uh, I call that entrepreneurial terror, for lack of a better term. Uh, lots of fears. You'll have worries about your reputation. Will my spouse leave me? What will people think? What will I do next? You know, who would hire me? You know, that kind of thing. And over time is these emotions kind of solidify and maybe even petrify. Uh, it leads to despair. And that's a really dangerous and difficult place to be when you're a Christian. Because guess what they tell you on Sunday mornings? You know, you shouldn't be despairing. You should find your victory in Christ. And yet you sit there and you pray and you pray and you try to live a holy life and it still isn't working. And it can become a huge faith a crisis or disconnect for a lot of people. You know, why isn't God blessing me? Why isn't he doing what I need done? Things are not happening the way that I'm the way they're supposed to. I don't know who to turn to. I'm really, really in a, between a rock and a hard place. And I think that all of that self-talk is evidence that we have bought into an understanding of blessing or an understanding of um, what's supposed to happen, quote unquote, uh, that's simply not biblical, right? I mean, I, I I look at the experience that people have 
um, over the course of history, people who have very wonderful, deep, abiding, glorifying relationships with God, and they are not all um, just success after success after success. They experience genuine failure. Um, they experience genuine setbacks. They experience the the need to start over again, over and over again. In fact, that that sort of is the Christian life experience. But we have an expectation in our culture that that's not how it's going to go. Oh, you know, we have that expectation in our faith. I mean, it mm. was, wasn't that the the very foundation, uh, foundational assumptions in the book of Job, where uh, they thought, Job and his friends thought that if you lived a righteous life, God would bless you economically and otherwise. And if you sinned, then bad things happen to you. And the whole, I think one of the big points, macro points of the book of Job is that bad things can happen to holy people. And it's up to God's sovereignty and his purposes as to why they happen. Yeah. I mean, I, I think of of Paul and his experience, or Peter and his experience, or James and his experience, or Stephen and his experience, and I'm and I say to myself, um, I should get to the place, or Mary, the mother of Jesus, I should get to the place where I have an expectation that being um, being with Christ and being for Christ does not mean I am simply going to prance from one mountaintop to another. Um, there are going to be uh, shipwrecks and valleys and times of uh, when the world so clearly misunderstands who I am and what I'm doing that uh, it is that the world and its worldliness is not going to bless me, which is which is part of, I think, the confusion, Bill, the um, so many of the levers of uh, material blessing are not in the hands of our Christian brothers and sisters. Yeah. And so, you, you, you know, I, I think you've said it well. And so what what kind of a faith do we have? What kind of expectation do we have? What we have is that when we follow God, he does, and there's plenty of scriptures that talk about him blessing us, but the prosperity people have taken that, and I think they've done huge damage to the evangelical church uh, by saying that, by basically reinforcing this notion that if you're living righteously, then God is going to bless you economically. And I just don't see that connection in Scripture. It is there, but it's not there. It has to be balanced with other parts of Scripture and our experiences, to my way of thinking. And yeah, so, yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, we have to expect that from time to time, God, because he loves us, is going to discipline us. God, because he allows trials to come into our into our lives, is trying to build our faith and perseverance and maturity. And we need to accept that as part of the Christian life. All right, I'm talking with Bill English. You can check out what we're talking about today at BibleInBusiness.com. The piece is The Emotional Price uh, Owners Pay When the Business is Failing. Um, when, when we come back from the break, we're going to talk about uh, some difficulties in shutting down an organization or a business, and then we're also going to talk about what can be done. Don't worry, we're getting to the hope part of this conversation. That's up next here on Mornings with Carmen. When Okay, uh, so returning to my conversation with Bill English, and Bill, we are uh, we are definitely striking a heartstring with at least one listener this morning um, who has texted in, hey, you're speaking to my heart. I'm wondering if I'm going to be able to listen to this later somehow. The answer to um, that listener's question from the 701 area code, so in our Bismarck, D- North Dakota listening area, the answer to your question is yes, absolutely. No, did I get that wrong? Is that not where it is? 
Well, 701 is the entire state of North Dakota. (laughs) They only only have one area code? They only have one area code, yes. That's a whole different subject of conversation. (laughs) But the answer to the listener's question is yes, absolutely. We post the shows. Actually, Paul Perot uh, posts the shows as podcasts. And so you just just go to MyFaithRadio.com. You go to MyFaithRadio.com and you click on podcasts or you just click on Mornings with Carmen and what populates are the podcast are the podcasts of the show. And so in a couple of hours, you'll be able to go um, to to the MyFaithRadio.com website and actually get today's conversation if you miss it for any reason. But uh, I I think you should skip whatever you were supposed to do next and sit in your car and listen to us. So there you go. Okay, Bill. Yes. um, Yes. So. this is a hard conversation for a lot of people. So let's talk about the difficulties in shutting down an organization. And then, you know, let's get uh, uh, let's get to the place where we give people the hope of what can be done. Yes, absolutely. First of all, difficulties, you got to pay off your vendors in some form or fashion. If you don't have much money, you're probably going to have to go to them and say, you know, will you take 10 cents, 20 cents on the dollar? And uh, assuming that all of them do, you can discharge your uh, unsecured vendor debt that way. If some of them decide to take you to court, they can, and you might have some additional complexities there. Secondly, you got to end uh, negotiate to end certain contracts and leases, like your printer leases, your phone system leases, uh, your um, rent lease, that kind of thing. Uh, those may or may not go well for you. Uh, thirdly, uh, f- you need to find cash to meet payroll while shutting down. You're still going to have to pay people to do things while you're shutting down. You know, I've I've been involved in several shutdowns, and uh, even for a $5 million business, it can cost a quarter million dollars to shut down a business. And so where's that cash going to come from? Someone has to write the check. And uh, But sometimes the owner or the leader's moral obligations to stay in the business or ministry propels them to keep going when it is emotionally unattractive to stay in it. Uh, and that further deepens the both the depth and the breadth of the emotional drain and the mental strain on them personally and can actually uh, land them in the hospital and, and cost them uh, s- severely much personally. Yeah, so I, I think that, you know, the lesson there is that when it's time to shut down, shut down. When it's time to let it go, let it go. Like, don't be clinging to something and don't be trying to breathe life into something that is, you know, organizationally, operationally past the point of return. Yes? Yes. We call it the zone of insolvency, where you reach a point where um, you are now operating the the business or the the organization for the benefit of the creditors, not the benefit either of the investors or mm. the constituents. It's called the zone of insolvency. It's a legal term. You can look it up. Wow. All right. So well, let's get to the hope section uh, of this so that yeah. everybody doesn't just think that, you know, Bill is a bummer. All right. So what? <laughs> it's Bummer Bill Wednesday, right? <laughs> <laughs> what, what can be done? What can be done? Uh, look, uh, churches, if, if you're in a church and you're facing this, you should develop financial and supportive ministries to individuals, ministry leaders, and business leaders. Churches can come alongside people who need to shut down or who are really hurting uh, financially. And these kinds of ministries can be quiet ministries. They can be behind-the-scenes ministries, but they can be highly effective. Uh, Secondly, you need a confidential place to talk. If you're the leader and you're facing bankruptcy or you're facing a shutdown, you need a confidential place to talk where you're not going to be blamed. Uh, Usually CEO groups are a good place to go. 
And, uh, of course, you can always call me if you need to. Uh, if you need outside assistance, you're going to need that. You will need outside help on this. You cannot do this alone. So get it. Um, and that means you're going to have to humble yourself and be willing to ask for help. And I would strongly advise that if you're in a for-profit business that you limit your personal financial exposure to the shutdown. Quit lending money to a failing enterprise and quit going into debt to lend money to a failing enterprise. Stop it and limit your uh, financial exposure. And at the same time, figure out a way to maintain a good work-life balance because if you don't get yourself, your batteries recharged, you're not going to have much to give to this shutdown effort. And it is a, a stressful thing to do to unwind a business or an organization. It is stressful to do that, so you need good work-life balance. Hey, let's talk about, because I think the work-life balance part of this conversation um, is intimately related to the way that spouses experience oh, man. Um, in a very, very different way, but in a very significant way, what, um, you know, what the person who is actually engaged in the enterprise, you know, as they're trying to shut it down, the spouse is experiencing a lot as well. Talk about that. Yeah, spouses are going to experience anger, hurt, frustration, resentment. Uh, you know, the why didn't you listen to me, why didn't you take my advice kind of, of, of tact on this. They're going to feel lonely and they're going to really feel out of control because their future is tied to your future. And if you're screwing up, they get to share in that screw up and they really don't have a lot to say about it. Uh, and so that gives them a feeling of out of control or a loss of security. And that may end up having them question your abilities as a leader um, and uh, they may shut down emotionally on you, and they're going to need similar support, maybe not from the same support sources that you are facing as the leader who is sh shutting down uh, an organization or facing bankruptcy, but your spouse is going to need similar support. They need a confidential place to talk. They need a place to vent, and you, you should probably help your spouse find that as well. Well, and I feel like that is a, a another key place where the church can step in. Yes. Um, yeah. I mean, you know, we, we know um, because we're praying for one another and because we're knit together uh, in terms of community groups and, and small groups and those kinds of things, we know when people are under, um, under financial stress uh, and when businesses are failing. And we need to focus not just on the person whose employment is at issue, but the spouse and the kids as well, because it's it's big. And I guess I'm thinking here also of pastors. I mean, you know, as as churches um, move from thriving sometimes to uh, to just surviving and then to the point where they have to recognize that that they have failed, um, it's it's important to, you know, to speak into the entire family system, not just uh, not just to the pastor. And I'll also, again, just offer if somebody needs a listening ear, you can give me a call. My phone number and my email are out there at BibleAndBusiness.com. Hey, Bill English, thanks so much. You guys can find him at BibleAndBusiness.com. We really appreciate your, your encouragement and your sensitivity on this particular issue today. Well, you're welcome. Blessings. We'll be right back. So... Are you strong in the Lord and are you strong in the strength of his power? Are you empowered by the Holy Spirit? Um, are, you, are you operating in the world today as a person who has been equipped by God, an ordinary man or woman equipped by God um, to do extraordinary things? So my next guest, Catherine Parks, has written actually two complimentary books. One's entitled Strong. 
how God equipped 11 ordinary men with extraordinary power. And the complimentary book is Empowered, How God Shaped 11 Women's Lives and How He Can Shape Yours Too. So up next, Catherine Parks um, with Strong and Empowered. And yes, of course, we have some books to give away. We'll be right back. So what are you doing this summer? In the middle of the summer, July 24 and 25, I am going to be in the Twin Cities at the University of Northwestern St. Paul for the Northwestern Christian Writers Conference. I would love to see you there, meet you, and uh, get an opportunity to talk with you. Uh, And we've got 10% off registration for the month of February, and the month of February is, well, rapidly coming to a close. So go ahead and log on to NorthwesternChristianWritersConference.com. Register for the event. Um, I, I think there are still some one-on-one appointment slots available, um, where you and I would be able to actually like sit down and chat. Also, gonna, I'm also going to be doing a book signing, you know, some other fun stuff, leading a workshop or two. NorthwesternChristianWritersConference.com. Join me there at the University of Northwestern St. Paul, July 24 and 25. This is Max Lacato. You may find yourself in an impossible situation, outnumbered and outmaneuvered. You want to quit. Could I implore you to memorize this promise and then ask God to bring it to mind? Write it where you'll find it. Tattoo it, if not on your skin, at least on your heart. When a believing person prays, great things happen. If you've taken on the name of Christ, you have clout with the most powerful being in the universe. And when you speak, God listens. Jesus said, when two of you get together on anything at all on earth and make a prayer of it, my Father in heaven goes into action. Prayer is just the first step. God has power you've never seen, strength you've never known, and he delights in answering prayer. And because God's promises are unbreakable, our hope is unshakable. This is Max Lakato. Catherine Parks. She is, among other things, an author. The book we're talking about today specifically is Strong, How God Equipped 11 Ordinary Men with Extraordinary Power and Can Do the Same for You. But I want to also recommend to you the companion, uh, well, I'll describe it as a companion work. It's entitled Empowered, How God Shaped 11 Women's Lives and Can Shape Yours Too. Both books by Catherine Parks, um, and you can find Catherine online. Uh, at katherineparks.com. You can also find her, oh, Kath Parks, excuse me, it's just kathparks.com. Um, also, that is her Twitter handle. Handle Catherine, welcome back. Thanks so much for having me. Okay, it's a joy to talk with you. These books, um, and we're going we're gonna to focus in on Strong today, but, uh, you know, I'm always going to be, like, also talking about Empowered. Um, these books are really written for uh, a specific purpose and a specific audience in mind. So invite people into um, into these works. Sure. So I have two children. My son is nine and my daughter is 12. And a couple of years ago, uh, I started looking around. I, I happened to be at an elementary school for a basketball practice. And on the wall, the fourth graders had written um, you know, kind of career goals, what they wanted to be when they grew up. And so I was looking through those and, you know, there were some of the traditional ones like 
um, Major League Baseball star or a lot of the girls wanted to be veterinarians. And we all remember being that age and, you know, kind of having those ideals in mind. And but the vast majority of them said their goal was to be a YouTuber. And I was just struck and thought, you know, I don't I'm so out of touch. (laughs) I don't even really know what a YouTuber is. And I don't think I could name one. But it struck me that in in every generation, kids are seeing some person or people as the ideal for who they want to be when they grow up. And um, I just thought, who do I want my kids to to emulate in their lives? Obviously, we want them to emulate Christ. But who are the the real life examples of people who've gone before that I want them to know about and to see how God empowered or strengthened them? And so these books were birthed out of that, and they're they're geared for kind of that eight to fourteen middle grade range. And I love that because I happen to have a fourteen year old boy in my house as well. And so um, we are looking forward to reading this book together. Um, I know you're doing that with Micah as well. What has mm-hmm. Micah's response been to uh, to the book? Yeah, so Micah is, um, I think a lot of boys are like this. They are not quite as wild about reading. There are exceptions to that. My daughter just <laughs> devours everything. Uh, but my son, it's a, a little harder. And it's it's been really interesting because my husband has actually been reading the book with him and having those conversations, which I love, you know, because he's getting to hear kind of, um, as they discuss things, discuss, there are questions at the end of each chapter so they can kind of apply it to, to my husband's life and to Micah's life and say, you know, have you faced this situation at school or what do you think you would do if you encountered something like this? And so I think, um, beyond just like boys consuming information, hopefully it opens the doors for them to have those conversations that they might not otherwise open up about. I'm talking with Katherine Parks. We are talking about her book, Strong, How God Equipped 11 Ordinary Men with Extraordinary Power, and God Can Do the Same for You. You might have assumed by the title that this was going to be about uh, the 11, uh, the 11 um, short, you know, Judas the 12th, um, but that's not who it's about. Like, it's a surprising, uh, it might be for some people, a surprising list of men, um, many of whose names will be new to some people. Um, Dietrich Bonhoeffer, maybe not a new name. Brother Andrew, for some, maybe not a new name. But many names on this list will be new to folks. Um, talk about how you sort of went went through the process of choosing these 11 and maybe share with us your favorite one. Sure. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, anytime you spend that much time reading biographies, you kind of feel like you're, you've made friends with these people and it's hard to choose. It's like choosing between your children. Uh, but I loved having the opportunity to just consume all of these books about, you know, these men and their lives and their challenges. And so, um, men like Alvin York, who, uh, is the subject of the, the old movie, Sergeant York. Um, he was a conscientious objector in world war one and, um, God used him to deliver hundreds of men over, uh, in France and men like George Mueller, who his life of prayer and radical dependence on the Lord ended up providing for thousands of orphans. Um, and then, you know, familiar names like Jackie Robinson, who I grew up knowing about, but never really knew about his faith. And Jackie Robinson got down on his knees night after night after night as he was breaking the color barrier in Major League Baseball, 
praying for the strength to not fight back, for the strength to take what he was getting at the hands of evil people and to depend on the Lord to stay silent. And so, you know, that one in particular has been really relatable. Um, I think with kids who feel like, you know, whether they're facing a bully or um, they see someone else who's being mistreated and kind of my son and I have talked about when, when do you speak up and when do you not say anything, you know, and, and kind of wrestling through some of those things, but seeing this person that they've heard about for years and saying, actually it wasn't his own strength. He didn't have the strength in and of himself to stand up against that. He prayed on his knees night after night for that strength. And so I think there's something very encouraging about that for kids, because when you have these larger than life figures, you, you think, you know, I could never be like that. That's not my experience. But when we peel back the curtain a little bit and say, actually, these men were all dependent on the Lord in the same way that you are. And he's the true strength that we need. Then there's a, an encouragement in that for our kids. I'm talking with uh, author Catherine Parks. You can find her uh, on her website, kathparks.com. You can also find her on Twitter. That's her Twitter handle, at kathparks. We're talking about her book, Strong. We do have five copies to give away if you are interested. If you've got a you know, really, we're looking for listeners who have um, who have a boy in their home that's sort of in this 8 to 14 age range. That's really, I mean, no, I love to give books to everybody, but I'd just love it if we could put these in the hands um, of families who would use it in the way that, um, you know, that, that it's really intended. All you have to do is text the word book to 877-933-2484. Again, you're going to text the word book to 877-933-2484. Um, when we come back from the break, I'm going to um, I'm going to ask Catherine to talk about what it means to be strong. And we're going to get into uh, a passage from Colossians. That's up next here on Mornings with Carmen. Continuing my conversation with Catherine Parks, you can find her online at Catherine parks.com. We're talking about her book, Strong, How God Equipped 11 Ordinary Men with Extraordinary Power. It really is designed to be read with uh, a a boy who is maybe like 8 to 14, reading level maybe like, I don't know, 2nd to 8th grade. And um, it's delightful. It's engaging. um, It's an opportunity for for conversation, real conversation about... uh, who we are in Christ and how we can live in the strength of his power. So, Catherine, let's talk about what it means to be strong. Um, and and then, uh, obviously, we want to talk about who strengthens us. You use Colossians 1, 9 to 12 um, in the opening of the book. Maybe we just start there and you share it with us. Sure. So in in this letter, Paul is writing to the church at Colossae, and he says, We are asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding, so that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work and growing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might, so that you may have great endurance and patience, joyfully giving thanks to the Father who has enabled you to share in the saints' inheritance and the light. And so, you know, as I was looking at this passage, it's just very clear our strength comes from God. And it says, 
Paul is praying for them to be strengthened with all power according to God's glorious might. And when we look at God's might throughout scripture, I mean, that's an amazing thing that we are being strengthened by the same God who, you know, enabled the Israelites to cross the Red Sea and who performed all of these plagues and who raised people from the dead. And the same strength is at work in us. And why are we strengthened? It's so that we can endure and be patient so that we can bear fruit in the world. And as I was writing this, um, it was kind of the the moment in the Me Too era where all of these things were coming out about abuses of power. And it was just this stark co- contrast of what is power for and how is power different than strength? You know, I, I don't necessarily think power is bad, but why, why are we, who are we using it for? Are we using it for ourselves or for others? Are we glorifying God? with the positions that he's given us. And so trying even from a young age to give our sons this picture of what true strength looks like and who it comes from. And then what is it used for? It's used for the glory of God and for serving the church and serving our communities around us. And so that's really what I wanted to illustrate with these different men's lives. Um, so thank you to everybody who is uh, who is texting in for a copy of the book. Um, I do have uh, five copies of Strong, How God Equipped 11 Ordinary Men with Extraordinary Power. Really, it is designed to be read with um, a, a boy who is, you know, like 8 to 14 years old. And so uh, if you've got a boy and you want to have these conversations with him, then please text 877, text the word book to 877-933-248. Eight, four. You can also visit Catherine at her website, cathparks.com. Maybe you're saying to yourself, hey, I don't have a boy, but I have a girl. Um, let's spend a minute, Catherine, talking about Empowered, how God shaped 11 women's lives uh, and how he can shape ours, too. Yeah, so this was kind of born out of the same um, experience, but also it was shortly after the Women's March happened when I started thinking about this and and thinking about all of these messages that my daughter is receiving. I mean, she can't shop at Target without seeing all of these t-shirts that say, you know, girls rule the world and girls are the future and um, girl power and all of these things. And, and I think there's a, a well, um, there are good intentions behind those messages to a certain extent, but I think it's also saddling our girls with a lot of pressure and expectation that they could never possibly live up to. And so I really wanted to give my daughter this vision of what empowerment truly means. And any, any time that you're empowered, that has to come outside of yourself. And so where does that power come from? And in the same way that we've talked about with strong, what is it for? Is it for yourself to be raised up or is it so that you can raise up those around you? And so the same thing. I just picked 11 women whose stories illustrated different aspects of what it looks like to be empowered by the Lord. All right. And it's always it's always dangerous for me to just go completely off script and ask somebody something. <laughs> but you are a, you are a worship leader in addition to being an author and you are a mom. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's Ash Wednesday. I guess I'm just wondering, mm-hmm. you guys have anything that's going to happen in your family today that's different than every other day? You know, we have done some different things in the past. Um, 
unfortunately today <laughs> ends up being a very busy day in our family. And so we're actually going to kind of, uh, regroup this weekend and start talking about Lent. And, and, and my kids are getting to the age where we really want them to speak into, um, you know, what, what does this look like for you personally, instead of us just dictating in the past, we've done things where we dictate for our family, this is what you're going to do. But especially my daughter, you know, she's 12. And I think, we want her to start taking some ownership of, of what that looks like in her life and in her own relationship with the Lord and, and how to observe that for herself. I love that. And I love that, um, you know, there's some flexibility. Like we don't have to, you know, just because Lent starts today, right? Um, we, we, don't mm-hmm. have to be ca- we don't have to be captive to the calendar. Um, and so I appreciate that. Thank you for, you know, thank you for your honesty. And um, yeah. I, do, I just think that sometimes as Christian parents, like, we simply need to hear another Christian parent say, hey, it's okay if you do it a little differently than everybody else is doing it, or, you know, just because the church might have this on its calendar, um, mm-hmm. you know, feel feel free to do what's right for your own family and the, and the age and stage of your own kids. I, I really appreciate that. Yeah, thanks for asking. Well, you know, I... I was the kind of mom when my kids were little who cried myself to sleep so many nights and felt like I was failing or comparing myself to other people and feeling like I couldn't measure up. And, um, and thankfully the Lord has just given me a lot of freedom from that. I still struggle with it at times, but, um, I think some of that comes with a little bit of age, but, (laughs) but also just having other Christians speak into my life and, and giving me that freedom. And so I, I agree with you. I think it's important that we do that for each other. Catherine Parks, thank you so much. The book, uh, well, the books, the first book is Strong, How God Equipped 11 Ordinary Men with Extraordinary Power. That's the one I have copies of. But the complimentary book is Empowered. You can find them both at calfparks.com. If you want to text me to enter to win one of the five copies that we have here in the studio, you can text the word book to 877-933-2484. Catherine, thank you so much for joining us today on Mornings with Carmen. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. We'll be right back. Okay, so we have talked about the fact that today is Ash Wednesday. It's the beginning of Lent. I'm encouraging each and every one of us to uh, give something up, give up belief, give give up disbelief, give up doubt, um, uh, and and actually maybe take on uh, a spiritual discipline for the next 40 days. It will become a spiritual habit if we do it consistently for 40 days. And so if being in the Word of God is not yet something that you do every single day, I'm certainly going to commend that to you um, as something you might consider intentionally engaging in the Word of God for the next 40 days. If praying every day is not something that you do, um, you know, before the Lord intentionally in conversation with Him, not just the litany of things that we want him to do, but just before him, honoring who he is and the fact that we have access to him um, through Jesus Christ by the power of the Holy Spirit. Like, let's just let's just do that for the next 40 days. Um, we couldn't spend our time doing anything better, by the way. Uh, in addition to being Ash Wednesday, the beginning of Lent, today is also the Collegiate Day of Prayer. It aims for a spiritual awakening on college campuses across the country. And so if you're looking for something intentional and practical to do today as a spiritual act, um, just stop somewhere where there's a college campus in your community and, um, and get out of the car and walk around and pray for that campus. Pray for um, the, the Holy Spirit to fall upon that place. Fall, uh, pray for God to place a hedge of protection around those um, who gather there. Pray for um, 
people to actually have on the full armor of God today for Christians on those campuses um, who find themselves unwelcome or under attack by folks of different worldviews. Like, just pray for all of those things in relationship to the college campuses in your community today. And maybe you say, oh, I don't want to get out and walk around. That's fine. Just drive around. You could drive around the entire campus and pray um, intentionally for that college campus today on the Collegiate Day of Prayer. Um, all right. It's always a joy to be with you. Thank you for taking me along for this part of the day. Visit us online at MyFaithRadio.com. Grab today's podcast and share it with someone new. Have a great day and God bless. Thanks for listening to this podcast of Mornings with Carmen LaBurge from Faith Radio. If you haven't, you can subscribe to automatically receive the podcast through iTunes or the Google Play Music app. That way you never miss an episode. It's also available anytime at MyFaithRadio.com.